employing people, having an office and things like that. It took me a really long time to get here. And I would say the biggest obstacle and barrier was my mindset. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you tuning in. So thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. Before we get into today's interview, I just want to say a big thank you to Aggie Maroney from White Bee Digital for the introduction to today's brilliant guest. Thank you, Aggie. In this episode, I am chatting to someone who founded a business based around fashion and feminism back in 2016, who last year decided to take the leap into, instead of running it as a side hustle, to go all in, to work on it full time, to build a team, to build the systems, the processes and everything that goes in to doing that. She went full time in February and since then she's been seeing a doubling of growth of the business. So this isn't a, here's a Facebook hack to grow your business massively. This is a, what happens when you get really focused you give the business the time, the energy, the money, the investment it deserves, the systems it deserves, and how that can lead to huge growth for you in a fairly short space of time. Quite a bit of mindset coming up in there, some really interesting ideas. Very, very, I challenge you not to be inspired. I know I seem to say that a lot this year, but I do challenge you not to be inspired by my guest. Please listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest top tips, frequently described as the best bit of the show, and my own take on this episode. Connected Sourcing are your trusted procurement partner, specialising in helping small and medium-sized businesses purchase products and raw materials from suppliers in Asia. Head to ecmp.info forward slash sourcing to find out more. Connected sourcing services include product design, product sourcing, freight forwarding and legal services. They work with companies like you to find innovative and sustainable solutions. Think of connected sourcing as your own product procurement team and be as much or as little involved as you want to be. With quick response times and flexibility, you can tap into certain parts of their supply chain or access a full end-to-end supply chain solution. Let your local account manager handle the details of your procurement so you can concentrate on the bigger picture. Contact Connected Sourcing today for a free consultation to see how Connected Sourcing can assist your business in growing its bottom line. Just use the short link ecmp.info forward slash sourcing. That's ecmp.info slash sourcing. Are website tech headaches getting in the way of your sales? You need a tech partner to help you hit your business goals. You need Zitech. Zitech have over 20 years experience, are experts in Magento, Symfony and WooCommerce and have already helped over 300 e-commerce brands to grow. For a limited time, Zitech are offering 15% off their tailored maintenance packages. Find out how Zitech can solve your tech pain points and set you up for success. They would love to chat to you. Make that happen at ecmp.info forward slash Zitech. That's ecmp.info slash Z-I-T-E-C. Don't miss out on a partnership that's proven to drive results. Go to ecmp.info forward slash Zitech today. 
And now to introduce our special guest. Stacey Grant Canham is the creative director and founder of Black and Beach, a feminist fashion brand. Founded in 2016, they sell via their Shopify site. Black and Beach are a six-figure retailer and are currently doing double last year's sales. Hello, Stacey. Hi, Chloe. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for being out for coming on the show. How did you get into e-commerce? Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. How did I get into e-commerce? Well, I had a baby in 2016, Clement, my eldest son, who's seven now. And on my maternity leave, I was a fashion design lecturer for a number of years. I was kind of living my best mum life, going to baby yoga and things like that. And I had some friends who were wearing teething jewellery which is jewellery that mums can wear and babies can play with and fiddle when they're breastfeeding or teething. And I could see how practical it was and useful to kind of help the baby's concentration and stop pinching and things like that when feeding. But I thought they looked like Lego bricks around their neck, which is not my vibe. I'm quite monochrome. So I kind of thought, "Mm, I'd like that, you know, I'd like one of those necklaces, but not looking like that. So I started researching and kind of I had other like little business ideas that kind of came up around sort of a gender neutral kids brand or like a baby sling brand. Anyway, I went down the road with this teething jewellery, bought some beads, made some necklaces, um, wore them, gave some to my friends. And then people were buying them on a really kind of low-fi way. My husband built me a really simple WooCommerce website. And we had just some like sort of really dodgy pictures and things like that. And then it kind of got to a point where I was struggling to keep up with the demand. And I think anyone with a crafty kind of handmade based business will encounter this. At the same time, kind of 2017 rolled in and Donald Trump became the president of America. We had the Women's March over here. Brexit was happening and had happened. And as a European, as an Irish woman in the UK, that was kind of heartbreaking for me. And then we had the kind of fight for reproductive justice in Ireland um, with the repeal the eighth campaign. So it was really politicizing for me. I was I'm all you know, I've always been a feminist and I've always been kind of political in my outlook. But I think having children sort of sharpened my angles on that. And I wanted to do a slogan T-shirt, basically, that incorporated motherhood and feminism. And that was kind of I was interested in that intersection, I think, probably because the fourth wave feminism I was seeing was quite young and digital and I was thinking about me in my 30s and kind of maybe like a sort of generation on so I came up with a slogan which is a mother's place is in the resistance and we put that in a t-shirt I had a Cardiff-based illustrator shout out to Phil Morgan he's great draw up my idea and then as I was kind of developing the artwork with him and blah 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 I was like "Mm, I really want to give money to support this kind of abortion rights campaign that's emerging in Ireland. Uh, I was really nervous about it because I was selling teething jewellery to new mums and then I was talking about reproductive choice through this product. And this has actually happened all throughout my business. Like once I get an idea in my head and I'm really stuck on it and I can't sort of shake it off, I was just like, it's do or die, I'm going to do it. So we launched the t-shirt and we decided to give £5 from each sale to Abortion Support Network, who is a UK-based charity they're very small and grassroots and they support women who need help finding access to abortion whether that's a financial 
or information and things like that. So they were helping a lot of Irish women with grants to travel to the UK, very much women on the margins who might have, you know, various barriers to being able to organise it privately themselves. And I was really nervous about how that would go down. But actually, I didn't get much pushback, which was really interesting. And then I kind of got more excited about doing clothing a bit more and develop more slogan t-shirts so we have uh, another one that came out around that time was liberté égalité sororité which is kind of a play on the french motto and it was just kind of something that i could scale in terms of the product range and quantities having them printed and i kind of just decided to invest my time in that and leave the sort of teething jewelry behind and i kind of never looked back and we moved to shopify as well so that helped <laughs> So quite the eclectic journey into what you're doing now. So right now at Black and Beach, you're you're selling an awful lot more than just fashion. So how do you tell us a bit about the range and how you select it? Yeah, I suppose the way I always have done things is sort of develop a product, sell it, use that money to develop another product or kind of something tangential from that. And I think product development is possibly my favorite part because I'm a fashion designer by trade and I love taking sort of concepts and ideas through to to product. So I do sometimes wonder like whether we have too many products in the range because we've got everything from like mugs, blankets in our homewares, like stationery, greeting cards, prints. And then fashion wise, we've got got certified organic cotton t-shirts sweatshirts but we also do like a really lovely knitwear line at christmas time which has become something we're really well known for now and that's quite special so yeah we've got a lot of different kind of things within our product range i think what underpins it all is that it's very much about conscious purposeful feminist informed fashion so for for me what that means is thinking about who's made the products and and the supply chain and we try to do everything in the most kind of ethical and sustainable way we can and I think that was very much a reaction to around this time politically all of the kind of high street fashion brands were churning out like very poorly made slogan t-shirts and it felt quite shallow and I sort of, as a consumer, want to wear my values and wanted to say these things, but I didn't want to buy a t-shirt from Philip Green, frankly. So I thought I could do it better (laughs) in terms of actually some kind of feminist thinking behind it, but also having those sustainability credentials and and things like that. I'm glad you came on to that because I was going to say, what is feminist fashion? And I think that whole beginning of the process right the way through it's not just a t-shirt made in a sweatshop with a good slogan on it it's a t-shirt made that respects the people who made it etc etc all the way through the supply chain is is so crucial and I think as anyone starts learning about the climate crisis and how we're going to solve it a big part of that is population which is intrinsically linked to women and feminism and is also the empowerment of women because that seems to be a big lever or big peace towards a country becoming more environmentally aware is how much they listen to their women absolutely yeah so so it's kind of feminism sustainability in so many ways seem to go hand in hand in my head do they in yours totally and there's loads of academic stuff around that too like I literally was just chatting to my friend who's a professor in London and she's involved in a project 
we were kind of chatting because I sell some books about the Kurdish women's movement, which is very much around kind of eco-anarchism and feminism and kind of new ways of running societies where women are intrinsically involved in every part of, of what's going on in terms of like the politics and they're basically fighting ISIS and these women are in, you know, in the the front line. I'm really interested in them as well because during Repeal the Eighth, um, there's this iconic picture which I have on the website of two Rojavan army ladies um, holding up a sign with a slogan in Irish, which is Ni Sirshan Asirshan Man, which means no woman is free until all women are free. So we've um, actually put that on one of our sweatshirts and on some of our jewellery and stuff. But yes, I, I totally agree. And one of the UN sustainability goals is women's empowerment. And the more you kind of dig into this, yeah, there's just so much to it. But the majority of garment workers in the world are women. And I think that maybe is because the majority of people who do low paid work are also women. Uh, I'm about to get to the history of it now, Chloe. We, nobody needs us to go into the history of this right now. <laughs> um, let's let's talk a little bit more about the about the business. And I'm sure we'll end up coming back to to the you know the sustainability, the feminism parts as well. But you've you've recently shifted from running this as a side hustle to running this full time. So what led you to make that decision? And uh, you know what were the kind of the the factors that led you to do it? And Anything you'd have done differently or anything you'd like to say to anyone who's who's mulling the same question? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, so Black and Beach has been running for seven years this autumn and February um, is the start of me kind of being full time in the business, employing people, having an office and things like that. It took me a really long time to get here. And I would say the biggest obstacle and barrier was my mindset. Um, I come from you know, and a, a very working class background. My my father was disabled growing up and my mum was his carer. So money was not something that was like around. And I was the first person in the family to kind of go on into higher education. And I think I've just always had this, you know, need for financial security. Um, I was a lecturer for 11 years. And so I think that job really represented kind of stability, which is probably why I stuck with it for so long. My father actually had a business and then had a brain aneurysm. So I think I had just this huge, this huge thing about like the stress of a business kind of being really difficult. So around last autumn, I had kind of basically burnt out. I was doing everything for so long. I'm the breadwinner in the family as well. And I got really, really burnt out and I needed to take some time off work. And then I just did a lot of work on my mindset. And I had a few conversations and a few experiences where I kind of thought like my mindset would always be, okay, let's prepare for the worst case scenario and anything good that happens is bonus. And I just shifted to thinking, okay, what if all the things I really want to happen do come good? And I just kind of went into more of that kind of positive and kind of optimistic way of, of viewing things, but also aware that I'd already encountered loads of challenges in life and in business and I'd gotten through them all and what was to say that any further challenges that came up I couldn't get through so it's just kind of shifting my mindset and then also I suppose my health just forced me I had to stop one of these two things and I think Black and Beach had gotten to a point where you know it was successful and it was doing well and the community around it was so strong um I just felt like yeah I think I'm going to go down this ro this route road route I literally have not looked back for one day or had a moment of regret and I think you know if it doesn't work out in a few years and and the business ends or whatever I I still feel I've gained a lot of skills and that it was kind of a 
life-changing experience, I suppose. Going back to the intro I read out about you earlier, I think there's probably no coincidence, uh, or they're all coincidence even, in the fact that you went full-time on this in February and the sales are growing, are doubling year on year. Do you think it, it's the that commitment you've made mentally and in terms of time to the business that's made that difference or have there been other factors at play? I feel like that's what it has to be when I kind of drill down and, and analyse it. I think just being in it. So if you'd tried to book me in for this last year, I would have just flunked <laughs> out. Like I wouldn't have had the time or the mental space because I was running a business on one day a week, basically for years and years. So on one hand, I'm really proud of what I achieved. So I think for people listening who are kind of trying to make that decision, like I definitely pushed it to the end point in terms of my sanity, like mental, physical health, everything. But I'm glad I did because I suppose I, it's a bit like a relationship. You know, when you're like breaking up and you think, oh, I really want to make sure I've given this a really good go. I, I needed to be confident that I had taken the leap at the right time. And I think I was always worried that if I didn't have my lecturing salary that when I'd have like dips in Black and Beach I would get really anxious and nervous and kind of grasp and then I think that people actually customers and your community see that and I never really wanted to be like that so yeah I think just getting to a place where I felt safe enough to do it and then now that I'm in it every day I'm able to just really look at the data and what's working and what's not working and refining systems and building the team and preparing for Q4, which is a crazy time for us. So I just feel like a lot more in control. And I'm, yeah, maybe I'm just able to give a bit more energy to the kind of marketing side of things as well. Maybe that's helping to drive the sales. So you mentioned as well that you're building a team. And I think that's quite impressive to go from one day a week to you full time plus other human beings. So so was that part of your plan as you gave up the lecturing and went full time in Black and Beach? Or is it something that's kind of crept up on you as you've been solo in the business? I knew that if I left lecturing and this was going to become the thing that my mortgage and my family eating was going to be reliant on, that I had to take it really seriously and I couldn't afford to kind of mess around anymore so I definitely became more business minded about it but I also knew that I I couldn't get burnt out again like I couldn't deplete myself to that level and I also knew that the like the only way any business can really grow is good people right so I knew that that was integral to any way forward and I, I think that actually saying it out loud it's really true because it can never really go past a certain point unless you are able to scale the systems which includes the people right so we used to use a fulfillment center pre-covid for a couple of years and the business was way smaller then actually and that was sort of I was you know I was lecturing my children were very young and I would come home from a day's work and be like packing orders and like having to go to a storage unit to like bring stuff home to pack to give to some, you know, to go to the post office the night, you know, it was just crazy. And I used the fulfillment service for a number of years, but I just felt that I wasn't able to, it just didn't represent good value for money for me and my business and, and my product and how I wanted things done. So I, around COVID, I pulled it back and I knew I had to have people to pack the orders then, um, 
luckily around that time my husband was able to help so he did it with a freelancer Haley. so the two of them were kind of in charge of that for a long time and then my husband went back to retrain this year and Haley is the person who came on board employed so she already knew the systems I could trust her I could sort of hand everything over to her and know that she will do an excellent job which is what she's doing right now downstairs back in the orders so kind of securing Haley into a position that she was happy with it took a really long time and we were kind of negotiating for a long time because she was freelance and kind of that suited her but yeah now she's sort of on payroll and all of that and then once we kind of settled into these roles myself and herself we started to recruit for other people to help in the warehouse so we now have two other um, women who work flexibly with us and they're kind of in that training phase at the moment so that for Q4 they'll be hopefully ready to go and then we'll have all hands on deck really. I was going to bring us back to Q4 then so I'm really glad you mentioned it because you're you're experiencing year on year 100% growth at the moment. Oh god. Um, you don't. You've mentioned about the improvements <laughs> of the systems and the processes. Everyone who's listening, we are recording this in the summer. So this is kind of core freaking out slash planning time for for Q4. I would assume you're betting on Q4 being more than 100% increase year on year. So Oh my god, don't say that. Okay, sorry. I won't say that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> So I mean, are you are you at the point where you're where you're all about getting those systems, processes, and manpower in? So as Q4 is not going to lead to another burnout, it's not going to lead to unhappy customers. It's going to enable you to continue supporting the charities that you support. Exactly. So last year Q4 was what do they call it? A dumpster fire because <laughs> of the Royal Mail strikes, and we just hadn't quite refined the systems and we didn't have enough people. Like our Black Friday last year was three times bigger than the year before. And that coincided with the strike. So everything that we sent out from Black Friday just went into, I don't know where. (laughs) And then we were spending so much time kind of managing the customer service and the customer experience when we wanted to be just packing more orders. So it was really, really, really challenging. And so, but we took loads of learning from that and We've actually like got a day booked in in September where we're just going to sit down and go through like everything that went wrong or didn't go how we wanted and make sure just even small things like checking the the copy on the website for like expected delivery dates and Christmas and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So Q4, we do 70 to 80 percent of our business and it's really concentrated. It's really, really difficult, I think, for a business that's that Christmas heavy because you can't employ people all year round to just be there for two months of the year because we have a knitwear collection it's obviously very very seasonal and that's where all that those orders come from I think what my goal is for next year is to kind of nail the spring summer version of, of what we seem to get right at Christmas and we have made improvements on that this year actually but everything is about not having meltdowns in Q4 and everything being smooth sailing. But in terms of the growth, like if we had 100% growth in Q4 to last year, I I mean, I don't know what would happen. I don't know if we could manage it, to be totally honest. But we're just keeping a really close eye on it now, I think. I think our launch in October will tell us, will kind of give us the data if the if the the trend that we're following is continuing and then we'll react to to it quite quickly, I hope. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
Connected Sourcing are your trusted procurement partner, specialising in helping small and medium-sized businesses purchase products and raw materials from suppliers in Asia. Head to ecmp.info forward slash sourcing to find out more. Connected Sourcing services include product design, product sourcing, freight forwarding and legal services. They work with companies like you to find innovative and sustainable solutions. Think of Connected Sourcing as your own product procurement team and be as much or as little involved as you want to be. With quick response times and flexibility, you can tap into certain parts of their supply chain or access a full end-to-end supply chain solution. Let your local account manager handle the details of your procurement so you can concentrate on the bigger picture. Contact Connected Sourcing today for a free consultation to see how Connected Sourcing can assist your business in growing its bottom line. Just use the short link ecmp.info forward slash sourcing. That's ecmp.info slash sourcing. Are website tech headaches getting in the way of your sales? You need a tech partner to help you hit your business goals. You need Zitech. Zitech have over 20 years experience, are experts in Magento, Symfony and WooCommerce and have already helped over 300 e-commerce brands to grow. For a limited time, Zitech are offering 15% off their tailored maintenance packages. Find out how Zitech can solve your tech pain point and set you up for success. They would love to chat to you. Make that happen at ecmp.info forward slash Zitech. That's ecmp.info slash Z-I-T-E-C. Don't miss out on a partnership that's proven to drive results. Go to ecmp.info forward slash Zitech today. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, Stacey, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Stacey, are you ready for the Top Tips? Yes. The book top tip then, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I thought about this a lot and I decided to go with If In Doubt, Wash Your Hair by Anya Hinmarsh, the handbag designer. And the reason why is because she's a mother of five and she talks about the juggle very, very well, as well as having a business that's kind of built on quality and sustainability and things like that. So, and innovation, like they are super innovative in what they do. But I absolutely loved listening to this book. Like she's just really real. And I think for women in business in particular, it's great to have other women to look up to and admire how they manage to do it in their own way, like how they want to to do it with their family life and things like that. Nice recommendation. I am pretty certain we've never had that one before as well. So it's even even better. Uh, The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I thought about this a lot, actually, because, you know, we have email marketing, we do Facebook ads, Google ads, a bit of influencer outreach and all of that kind of stuff. And I think one of the things that really pushed the needle this year was we did a little campaign for International Women's Day, which is like our Christmas, you know, it's like our birthday because we're all about equality and feminism, where we just sent our top customers. So it wasn't just any, you know, we sent some famous people, some politicians, um, some influencers that we'd worked with, but also our top customers, a gift package which was really meaningful. And we also gave our customers the opportunity to send a card to another woman to celebrate her for a penny. 
and we gave money to our chosen charity from that as well but i think the combination of the card send out and people being able to talk about that and then this kind of gift set that we sent out which had dried mimosa flowers which is the flowers that women traditionally give each other on international women's day in italy um, and a print by rebecca strickson another illustrator that we love to work with it was just a really nice authentic thing that cut through a lot of the noise around international women's day which can be like frankly kind of offensive sometimes the campaigns that come out from companies that just have no real care for the women who work for them and I think that drove a ton of traffic which was really really interesting because you know it was just a different way I guess to to do something and it was from the heart yeah we almost need a greenwashing term for mm. International Women's Day I think it's coming my favorite no <laughs> maybe yeah my, my favorite um International Women's Day thing to do is to there's a Twitter bot oh I love that, that retweets bot. the gender yeah, pay gap um, anyone who hasn't come across it, I will try and remember what it's called and put it in the show notes for you. But basically, if if a company X tweets something cool about International Women's Day, they then retweet it and include that company's current gender pay gap. It's yeah. gender pay gap bot or something. Isn't yeah, it? something excellent. Like that. It's just... It just brings everyone down. And then someone else somewhere... And then they delete their tweets. Yeah. The companies are like take it down. yeah there'll be someone will be watching the gender pay gap bot and at the same time keeping a tally of how many tweets get deleted by yeah. lunchtime and it's just like yeah people so good do something real not just a tweet please uh, we'll see have to see if it appears on threads uh next year mm. okay the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day I had to spend ages thinking about this because the only sort of tech-based tool that we use and that we really like is probably Asana, which is good, but not a million percent amazing. I I really want to give a shout out to Post-its for this, though. I'm dyslexic um, and I'm a very visual kind of planner. So normally in January, I will just fill a wall with Post-its of ideas, of things I want to develop for the year. And then I'll start to kind of organize them by like supplier or category or things like that. So I can see the wall of Post-its there now and I can kind of go, oh yeah, we never quite nailed like that particular slogan or that product idea. So I think sometimes we spend so long in and on tech it can almost be a distraction from yeah just getting the thoughts down and kind of mapping them across so I'm quite a fan of that which might not be the right answer to your question no it's totally the right answer because I think there's especially for those bigger projects you need to get off tech yeah to, to get your brain off tech to be able to move a post-it from one side of the room to the other without having to do three clicks and a save yeah yeah <laughs> you know you sometimes the thinking requires a whiteboard or a big piece of paper or a wall with an awful lot of post-its on it so yeah I love love that tip um the final one then is the carbon top tip what's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store Cycle to work is is my top tip. So I've just gotten an e-bike on the cycle to work scheme. So through my employer, Black and Beach, I've got an e-bike and I've just started riding it to work this week. It's one of the most liberating experiences because I used to cycle a lot when I was a student back in Ireland. And I think I've been off my bike for about seven years. 
um since I got pregnant with my first I stopped and then I kind of never got back on the saddle and we just use the car way too much we're one car family anyway so where the the kids go the car kind of goes with them so it was meaning that I was like having to leave the office earlier than I maybe wanted to I seem to do my best work at like 4 p.m and want to kind of sometimes stay till about seven when everyone else has left and I'm just doing my thinking work but I'd have to leave to bring the car back to get the kids from school and things like that so it was kind of do we get another vehicle and then I thought no like I would rather just bike to work so got the bike and yeah it's just so nice and having an e-bike which I wasn't sure about my husband was mocking me because he's quite a great cyclist and kind of you know a bit lazy but there's quite there was a few hills and I was like you know what if this gets me on the bike and not avoiding the the cycle ride then yeah and surely you know it's great for the planet so yeah, I love that advice. And I totally think the, the good thing about e-bikes is you can use them for any occasion and you don't turn up like a sweaty mess. Totally. And you still actually get some level of... Definitely feel there's, you know, my my legs are doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Loving loving that. We haven't had the cycling tip before either, so that's very cool. Um, Stacey, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Of course. So my business is called Black and Beach, like the wood, so two E's. And we're at blackandbeach.com. And on all social media, we're at Black and Beach. And I believe you've got a special but slightly mystery offer for our listeners too. Yes. If you put master plan in as a discount code to our website, um, we'll have a little surprise for you. There we go, guys. Use the code MASTERPLAN for an, for some kind of cool offer on the Black and Beach website. Stacey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been fascinating learning about how how you've been experiencing e-commerce and the things you've been up to. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chloe. What a fascinating story. I think two things that I really love from that chat with Stacey is first off, how impactful that decision to take the business seriously and to switch from a one day a week side hustle to a full time job with team, with investment in, in the areas that that the business is crying out for with a focus on systems ready for this growth has had such an impact on the business, leading them to double those sales. I think that is something which we often underplay the mindset piece or the energy we're bringing to our marketing because we're too exhausted from other things. And I think focus and commitment and investment can take a business a huge, huge way. So I love that. And then the second thing was around the growth piece which says was marvelously honest about you know I said you know I guess you're you're betting on more than 100% growth because she said oh my god no no but once you got past that initial reaction what she was actually saying was we are planning for a sensible level of growth based on the numbers we are currently looking at ourselves we are preparing for that but with full knowledge of how we're going to do it if the stats we start seeing in September and October suggest we're going to see more so it's that practical, sensible, pragmatic way of getting ready for that growth challenge that's coming for any business that, that is hugely seasonal towards Christmas or any other time of year. I think I'm sure she's going to have a really good Q4 this year because of that mindset she's bringing to the planning, coming back to mindset again. 
Okay, everybody, you can get our notes on this episode, plus the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or you can go direct to the correct page on the website by using our short link ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode might be. When you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode, then you can check out our other fashion episodes at ecmp.info forward slash fashion. Thank you very much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.